0: This is episode number 163 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Welcome to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Stannert of the Leaders Institute, and our goal is to help you build strong teams while growing a successful business. On this week's episode, I'm going to cover or recover, really, a topic that has actually become the second most downloaded episode that we've ever released, which was a shock to us, by the way. Uh, The topic was on impromptu speaking or speaking off the cuff. And this episode has two parts, although I think I'm going to be able to cover the entire content in a single episode. But on the first half of the episode, though, I'm going to give you a few of my best tips on how to reduce nervousness and reduce the panic that happens when somebody asks you to speak off the cuff. And and then in the latter half, I'm going to give you a really simple three-step process to help you design an entire presentation on the fly. In just a matter of seconds, it, it it's one of those closely held public speaking secrets that great presenters kind of use. And, and folks who can actually do this are really highly esteemed by their audiences and the people around them. By the way, the episode is brought to you by leadersinstitute.com. So for leadership or team building ideas, please visit our website at www. LeadersInstitute.com. And if you'd like the content of the podcast, make sure and leave me a review on your podcast app and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that your phone automatically downloads every single episode. All right, so let's get on with today's topic. So today I'm going to talk about impromptu speaking skills. In order to do this, you really have to master two really components of speaking off the cuff or speaking out of the blue and f- the first thing that you have to do is you want to reduce that nervousness so that your audience sees your response as, as credible and then you actually want to deliver a credible response to your audience so that they see you as the expert as well. So those are two different parts. So I'm going to break this session or this episode into two component parts. So, so we'll spend about 15 minutes in each one of these things. Uh, so if you're new to public speaking and impromptu speech is, is like it's it's one of those situations where you have to speak on short notice. Um, you, you won't have a lot of time or a lot of preparation time to kind of uh, figure out what you want to say. And even seasoned presenters can kind of panic when somebody asks them to deliver one of these spur-of-the-moment kind of presentations. And and it makes sense. You know, when, when we train new speakers, we tell them to organize their thoughts and practice their speech a few times. So when somebody puts you on the spot and asks you to speak... And you can't do any of those things that are going to help you reduce your nervousness, and then then especially there's no note cards, there's no, there's no um kind of cheat notes at all. So you basically you're just kind of relying on what you have in your head at that moment. So impromptu speaking is a it's a solid speaking skill. You have to be a fairly elite level speaker in order to really master this thing and hopefully by the end of the session we'll give you a few things that will help you at least move down the road to becoming one of these masters of 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 speaking in on an impromptu basis the better you get at this the better of of a speaker that your audience will see you as so so like i said we're going to cover this in in two parts first we're going to we're going to talk about how to reduce nervousness and then i'll kind of show you how to deliver one of these presentations so let's start with the first part how to de- how to deliver one of these presentations or how to actually reduce the nervousness that you feel when you're kind of put on the spot. And and this is really the most difficult part. When somebody puts you on the spot, panic can set in. And, and when you get nervous, you, you just don't think as clearly as you normally would. So these tips can kind of help clear your head, help you think more clearly, that kind of thing. So a great speaker will not allow his or her audience to see Them sweat. (laughs) That's the main thing. Is you can't let that panic show; otherwise, you're going to lose credibility pretty quickly. So, step one, very first thing that you can do to reduce the nervousness or to at least reduce the appearance of nervousness is to realize that many impromptu speeches aren't really impromptu at all. So often, just by being a little bit more proactive versus reactive, you can reduce your nervousness pretty dramatically in these impromptu situations. So, before you go into a meeting. Anticipate what questions might be asked of you during that meeting. Organize your thoughts around how you might respond if one of those questions is actually asked. You know, like for here, here's a couple of examples, these are things that happen really commonly. So before you actually go into a staff meeting, try to figure out what the discussion is going to be about in that meeting. A lot of times there's going to be an agenda published. So if that's the case, you have a better idea. What's going on in the company right now that is most likely to be discussed at this meeting? What are the most important things that will be covered? How can you participate in that discussion and add value? By answering little questions like that, you're going to be a step ahead of most other people that just show up in the meeting without any thought whatsoever. They likely won't have taken the time that you have. And so as a result, you're going to be better prepared. So I'll give you a really good example of this. A few years ago, I was coaching a, a team that was presenting to try to, to win a, a big contract. And the folks who they were presenting to gave them, you know, 45 minutes to, to give their presentation. And then they ended with a 15-minute a QA session. And in that the 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 buyers were, in essence, a panel of kind of judges that that could ask any of the questions. So the team and I spent the better part of like two hours brainstorming possible questions that could be asked. And we put all of those questions down on a piece of paper. And then one by one, we used the structure that I'm going to talk about later on in the session. To create a compelling way to respond to each one of those questions. And we we ended up with over 30 different potential questions that could be asked. And we had them actually create 30 fantastic answers for each of those 30 questions. So the team leader made a series of of kind of index cards and 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 she gave each index card to the person who would answer each of the the questions based on their expertise. So basically, whoever that question would be addressed to, she gave that person the, the index card of the question and answer that we created in the in the session. So each team team member ended up with eh, maybe five or six of the questions. So the technique worked beautifully after practicing each answer a few times they no longer needed the note cards and the impromptu speaking was not impromptu at all it was something they were totally prepared for when they walked into the session so basically you want to kind of realize that a lot of the impromptu speaking that we kind of put pressure on ourselves to to deliver a great presentation in typically isn't impromptu at all if you are a little proactive. So step two is you want to take a deep breath. So many of the symptoms of public speaking fear can be reduced at least a little by just kind of pausing and taking a deep breath. When when we're put under pressure, a public speaker can sometimes kind of panic and your heart will start racing. It'll start beating very, very quickly. This is what causes a lot of the symptoms of nervousness. That, that's what causes the sweating and the fuzzy thoughts, the light lightheadedness. So when you start to feel these things, just kind of pause and take a deep breath. And immediately what's going to happen is your heart rate will start to calm down a little. It'll start to slow down and return to more of a normal speed. So when you do this, the symptoms will start to diminish a little bit. They're not gonna, they're not going to go away altogether, but they'll diminish enough to where you can kind of think a little bit more clearly and give a better a better answer and and think more clearly when you when you start to deliver that presentation that we're going to talk about in a few minutes. So the third thing that you can do is you don't have to respond quickly. It, sometimes it's a good idea to just kind of pause And clarify your answer before you just kind of blurt out something in haste. Uh, If you do that, it's going to help you give a much, much better answer. So keep in mind that you don't have to respond right away. In fact, uh, I'll sometimes pause and say, hmm, let me think about that. I'll do that. I'll actually physically say those words and pause for a second and and kind of think about my my response. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I would prefer to deliver a well thought out answer than one that that kind of popped in my head right away and I'm and I'm spitting out quickly and it may not work as well. So sometimes that little pause by the way will allow you to come up with a very compelling response it also gives you a chance to do the next tip which is number 4 think of a quick story or an example that you can use in your impromptu response but stories from your own personal experience are are they're magical at a presentation they'll they'll help you build trust and rapport with your audience however the main reason to use a story in an impromptu situation is that stories reduce your nervousness dramatically. So when you're put under pressure and you're not thinking as clearly, if you can get to into an example or a story, it will help you calm down really, really dramatically. So basically, when you recall an incident, basically a moment in time related to the topic or related to the questions that, that's been asked of you, you're going to begin to play a little video in your head of that memory and all you really have to do is just describe to the audience what you're seeing in that little mental movie to to recall a story based on on the topic that's just been asked of you all really all you really have to do is say hmm why do i believe what i believe about this topic where did that belief come from so basically a lot of times we're going to come up with a quick answer right away in our in our minds that we we want to kind of say okay why is that the answer why did i choose that answer what's happened to me in the past that's made me believe that this thing is true and by asking yourself a series of questions like that it's going to it's going to pop that mental image into your brain of that memory of that incident that occurred and once you have that incident just replay the details to your audience so one of the one of the the magic things that happens in stories and examples from your own personal experience is that it takes away all the arguments from the audience. So if I give you my opinion, it's easy for you to counter with an opinion of your own. However, if I give you an example from my own experience, you can't really argue with me. I mean, I was there and you weren't, right? So so when you add these examples into your responses, not only do you reduce your nervousness, but you also often you'll look around the room and see a lot of people kind of nodding at you in in agreement. All right, so number five, the fifth thing that you can do is practice your impromptu speaking skills. So once you kind of understand the concepts that we're gonna cover in in this session, look for ways to practice this skills. Public speaking, it's a skill just like any other. The more that you do it, the more comfortable you're gonna get doing it. So an easy way to practice the skill, by the way, is in business meetings. So for instance, a good impromptu speakers, you know, they they typically will practice the skill in group discussion. So the next time that you're participating in a staff meeting or a class, look for an opportunity to participate in that discussion. I promise you that the first time that you do this will be kind of nerve wracking, maybe even terrifying. However, immediately after you finish, you're going to feel elated. That main thing that you to, to remember is that your nervousness will Typically, peak just as you open your mouth, and if you begin to respond effectively, especially if you start with a concrete example, story, memory from from your own personal experience, then your nervousness will begin to to drop down immediately. Uh, by the way, um, there, uh, Toastmasters International is another way to to practice impromptu speaking. each of the Toastmasters clubs begins with a session called table topics. And basically a, a topic master will kind of throw out a random topic. most of most of the time it's going to be about current events or something like that and then call on participants to stand up and speak. And the method it's a little contrived in force. however, if you go to eight straight weeks of 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 um, sessions of Toastmasters, you will have delivered eight straight impromptu speeches eight weeks in a row. And that's a solid amount of practice time to help you kind of get started. If you really want to eliminate public speaking, though, uh, we've got two-day public speaking classes coming up in cities all over the United States, Canada, that kind of thing. So... So um, if you you really, really, really want to knock out that nervousness, I encourage you to take one of our two-day classes. All right, so here is the most effective way to deliver an impromptu speech. So keep those five things in mind that I just mentioned that's going to help you reduce the nervousness. This is the technique that you want to use, though, because another important thing to remember is how powerful a story or an example can be. So if you try this three-step process begins with starting with a story or an example. So just like we talked about in one of those ways to reduce nervousness, that's actually the, the foundation of a really good response. By the way, the story doesn't even have to be long or really detailed. The most important thing is that you want your audience to begin to picture the incident in their minds. They wanna see what's happening. You're, you're getting them into a state where they're actually participating in this story with you. So to come up with an example, try this trick. Think of think to yourself that reminds me of the time. That is a very powerful phrase because the human brain is a fantastic hard drive that stores every experience from your life. So this phrase works like a search engine to find to find a good example. So I'll give you a few examples just to kind of show you how this trick works. So if you're If you're driving in your car right now listening to this, then uh, don't close your eyes. But if you're sitting stationary somewhere, sometimes if you kind of close your eyes eyes as I'm kind of giving you a topic that you could speak on, all I'm going to do is just I want to read the topic. And once I kind of read you the topic, I want you to just out loud say the words, that reminds me of the time. And watch what happens. An image is going to pop into your brain. It's going to be a memory of some situation that occurred where that thing that I'm talking about is important. So the topic is, every muscle in my body hurt. I'll just say, that reminds me of the time. Say it out loud. Say that reminds me of the time out loud as you're thinking of that phrase, every muscle in my body hurt. So there's a good chance that as you thought that magic phrase, an image of a memory formed in your head. If the if the memory didn't come right away, try the phrase, when was the last time that every muscle in my body hurt? Keep asking yourself until an image pops into your head. So let's just try another one just to just in case that one didn't work. We'll give you one more. The the new topic is make sure to proofread your work. Just say that reminds me of the time. And there's a good chance that there's some kind of memory that popped into your head about some email that you sent where you didn't proofread, or maybe it was a research paper or something, where you were embarrassed because something was misspelled or didn't come out the right way or something like that, right? So, and and that that one most likely kind of came a little quicker because the more practice you get, the more you experiment with this skill, the easier those answers will start to come to you. So let's try one that that you might get from like a Toastmasters table topic. Um, so the new topic is give me your opinion about the cocaine that was found in the White House. And that's a current event just came out last week. And the news was big news story. Um, that's the kind of thing that you'll typically get in a in a, uh, in a uh, Toastmasters uh, group. Um, but the key thing here is that if you just say the phrase that reminds me the time it's going to, something's going to pop into your head. That, that relates to a specific incident. Now, what you'll find, though, is that the ones that are more closely related to kind of what you do on a, on a normal day-to-day basis, the types of speeches or presentations that you're going to give anyway, are going to be much easier than the ones that we're practicing here. I mean, nobody's going to ask you in your speech to, to comment about cocaine in the white house and nobody's going to ask you to speak on proofreading or anything like that unless you happen to be an editor or a writer so so basically the if if you can come up with stories and examples really quickly using the technique for those types of topics then it's going to be much easier if to come up with stories or examples for things that you're already speaking about that you've already done research on that you've already participated in that you're an expert on. All right. So the second step, so that's step one, step one is to start with a, with a quick example or a story. And then the second step is to tell your audience the moral of the story or the, the, the moral of why you're telling that. You basically you're telling them why you're telling that story. Now, although the story a story has a, a real magical component If you just tell the story to your audience, your audience is going to think, okay, so what is your point? So instead, once you kind of get toward the end of that story, finish by telling them the point. And you can use... Something really simple like the moral of the story is, or the reason that I'm sharing the story with you is, or my point is, any of those kind of things will do. But you don't want to just leave, just end with the story because it's gonna be more flat. It's not going, it's not going to point your audience in the, in the direction that you want them to go. So tell them why you're telling the story, tell them what moral they can pull from this. Uh, By the way, this part of the impromptu speaking technique is really, really important. Most presenters will field uh, maybe a a hostile question from the audience and just answer the question. That's a trap. (laughs) If you just answer a hostile question, even if you do it really, really well, the person asking the question will likely just follow up with a more hostile question, a follow-up question of some type. However, if you start with an example, that hostile person will kind of take a short mental trip with you into your own personal experience. He or she will actually a lot of times start nodding with you in agreement. So the example is very compelling. So now when you finish with your opinion, the questioner is less likely to argue with you. Whereas if you start with the opinion, Mm -hmm. the argument is almost guaranteed. All right. So the last thing that you want to do, the third step in this process is to finish with a way that the audience will benefit from your advice. Tell them what they're going to get. If they do that action or if they if they abide by that moral that you're giving them, then what's the benefit to them? So in the previous step, we kind of told the audience, hey, we want you to do this thing. This I've just told you this story. The point of my story is you should do something right. So keep in mind that human beings are pretty self-centered. So the common response will be, well, why, why should I do that? Right? Well, what you want to do is tell them why, you know, tell them what's in it for them. So finish your, your speech by telling them how they're going to benefit. So for instance, going into that previous example about proofreading if if I'm saying, okay, well, that reminds me of time proofreading is important. And I go into it, I come up with a quick little story. Um, actually, that reminds me, I, this happened just a few weeks ago, by the way, a client asked me to create a synopsis of a custom workshop that we were creating for them. And it was kind of late in the day. So I quickly jotted down a couple of paragraphs for her. And I read through it once to make sure that the content was accurate. And I sent it over to her. And then a month later, she sent me a copy of the invitation that was sent to her group. And the last sentence had a typo in it. And I was just about to let her know when I decided to kind of double check the email that I sent to her because I thought, oh, man, she put a typo in in the the invitation. I was going to Going to respond to her. And of course, that same typo was right in the email that I sent to her. So she had just copied and pasted my content over to her invitation. And it was an embarrassing moment that I had to. Avoid. I could have avoided it, by the way, by spending just a few minutes of extra time proofreading. So based on my experience, experience, I would suggest that you proofread every single email that you send out to, especially to outside customers. And if you do that, you're going to avoid some of those embarrassing typos. So hopefully this is really good uh, content for you. So we gave you five things that you can do to reduce your nervousness when you're speaking on an impromptu basis, and then the three-step process that you can use. it's. It works almost 100% of the time. There are very few situations I found where that's not going to bail you out of a really tough situation. So use those things and uh, be a very, very confident speaker and presenter, and it's going to help you become the leader that you really want to be. All right. So thanks a lot for being a part of High Impact Leaders. We'll see you next week.